Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast, episode number eight. Today, I'll be interviewing Ilma Valley about her experience of getting into mountaineering. If you've ever wondered how to get into any kind of outdoor adventure hobby, this interview has really great information for how to connect with the right people to get started. All right, on to my personal update. All right, so I am once again in a different location due to ongoing home renovations. I'm so sorry about any quality issues. Sounds a little um, muffled to me. So hopefully I'll be able to fix that in post-production editing. So I I don't know if any of you guys have ever renovated your house, but unless you have a ton of money or you haven't moved in yet, you'll know that that whole home reno project show thing are kind of bullshit. (laughs) I, I really wish that someone would come in and make my entire house look amazing without me being there and then have the big reveal that would be that would be fantastic but the reality is that when you live in your home during a renovation it's hard to do anything without doing it just one project at a time or you know so many rooms at a time and that's kind of what we're doing we're doing a couple of rooms at a time that we don't live in and then eventually once those are finished we'll move into that section and then start a reno in another part of the house Someday, you guys, I'm going to have a beautiful bathroom, but we're just not there yet, right? So I'll just have to suck it up and deal with the green 70s era tub that I have right now. I guess I'm just grateful that everything is functional. So there is that. I will take that. On the author front, I have picked out a graphic designer on Fiverr and have sent off my request for an ebook cover. So I'm super excited. Fingers crossed that she's a great match and that she will understand what I'm looking for and will also keep it genre focused because that's really important for the book publishing industry. Um, Another thing this week is that we have suddenly realized that some of our veggies are ready to sell. (laughs) My husband was really excited to announce this, but I definitely had one of those like, oh shit moments when I realized that I needed to like get it together and like create a farm logo and get the prep room ready so that we can actually wash and dry and bag lettuce that we can then either sell at a roadside stand or, you know, try to get into markets. But really this year, we're really just focusing on our roadside side stand to see, you know, how how it does um, and what the local um, folks are interested in buying. I'm not quite in love with the marketing side of farming yet. I understand the marketing side of, you know, the, the author business and coaching and all that fun type jazz. And even with the podcast, I'm, you know, understanding it and grasping it. But the, the marketing side on the, in farming is a little bit different. So I'm still kind of learning that. Hopefully I will get there eventually and have a better grasp of how to market our products. <laughs> Ooh, I am also super excited to announce that the podcast has passed 100 downloads. So thank you guys so much for continuing to listen. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this and like, updates and the interviews and the wrap-ups as much as I'm enjoying creating them because I really love the interview portion of the process and the wrap-up. Still feeling out the, the personal update portion. If you guys are wanting something else other than the personal update section, then absolutely feel free to tweet me at GFO Podcast and let me know what, what would you rather hear in this section or, you know, do you want the personal update? All right, so let's get to the interview with Ilma. Today I'm here with Ilma Valley, who is in the Air Force and recently earned a Master of Fine Arts in Motion Picture Television. 
In this interview, we're going to be focusing on Ilma's go-find-out experience of getting into mountaineering and combining that with her love of creating breathtaking footage. Welcome to the show, Ilma. Hey, thank you very much. Super stoked to have you here. Um, I think what you're, what we're going to talk about today is so cool, and I'm quite a bit jealous. So before we get into that, though, I think I hit some of the highlights about you. But can you actually can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So I was born in Eastern Europe, a little country called Lithuania. I immigrated to the United States at 11, and then out of high school, I enlisted in the Air Force and was a cook in the Air Force. And then really quickly, I realized I wanted to do just a little bit more, so I applied to go to the Air Force Academy. And then after Air Force Academy, I went on to pilot training. And now I'm in San Antonio, Texas, uh, teaching aviation to our future uh, drone pilots. Yeah. Nice. And you've started to get into mountaineering. What actually sparked that passion? I think I was always into outdoors. I just didn't really realize it just because my parents never really took me outside. But I was always a person that like would look outside uh, a car window and you're just like, oh my God, like I just want to run through those hills or I just want to talk. Yeah, I just want to go play outside. But really what sparked that was being at the Air Force Academy. It's in Colorado. And, you know, I just want to go outside and play with the boys. Hey, let's go rock climbing. Let's go snowboarding. So that's where I kind of got into the whole mountain sports type of thing. Cool. Did you have to take any like specific classes or anything like that to learn how to use like the specific gear for mountaineering? Yeah. So mountaineering, the way it started is I really just started hiking um, for teeners. So in Colorado, there's about like 58 fourteeners. And 14ers mean 14,000 foot mountains. Ah, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I started uh, checking them off. I bought like a little uh, poster and I started checking them off slowly. I was like, hey, I want to summit all 14,000 foot uh, mountains in Colorado. But those were during the summer. And pretty soon I just kind of got a little bit bored with it. I'm just like, well, it's just a long hike. It's just Mm. running like a marathon. Um, So I was like, it'd be really cool to incorporate a little bit more of the technical aspect of it. I already knew how to rock climb. So I was just a little bit curious with the snow aspect of it. So I really didn't get into mountaineering until I met my husband, William. And actually the first night that we met, it was Tampa, Florida. I just moved there and he just moved there. And the first night I met him, we're like at a bar at this really loud bar slash club. He knew some of my pilot friends, um, but he just walked up to me. He's like, hey, are you uh, by any chance into mountaineering? And then like, you're like, random? Oh, what? <laughs> I was just like, okay. I'm like, I need to marry you like right away. <laughs> uh, you had to lock him down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I, I would love to get into it. I mean, I've been trying. I mean, the hardest part of outdoors is trying to find a group of people to do it with. And I'm like, well, I'm in Florida now. Like there's no way I'm going to find mountain people until I met William. So within the first year of dating, we booked a mountaineering course in Alaska. Oh, cool. That was mountaineering 101, a little pricey just because we went all the way to Alaska and they dropped us Mm. off on this beautiful glacier. And it was like a six day, like on hand uh, expedition pretty much. But it was all like led by somebody else. Exactly. So we had like three to four guides and it was 10 students and they taught us everything from how to wear a harness, how to treat your rope, how to make your knots, uh, how to glacier travel, crevasse self-rescue, avalanche rescue, like 
all that stuff. Wow. That's so cool. I should probably back up a little bit and maybe we should define kind of what mountaineering is because it sounds like it kind of covers a big gamut. I guess in my head, I always thought of mountaineering as like climbing in cold places for some reason, like uh, like Everest or, you know, and, and but it can be more than that, right? Yeah, what I guess what I define mountaineering as, let's say one of my bi- biggest pet peeves is that my friends will say, hey, when's your next hike? And I'm just like, this is not a hike. You're like, <laughs> You're like it's a little more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I might be wrong. Maybe I should actually look it up and Google what the actual definition of mountaineering is. But I guess for me, it means technical plus snow. Yeah. Hmm. Rock, snow, or ice, probably sprinkled with a little bit of altitude and altitude sickness. Always fun. So I watched your video of you and Wills, sorry, your honeymoon climb to, is it Poca Apoca? Am I saying that right? Poco a poco, a little by little. Poco a poco, okay. Um, by the way, guys, there's links. There's going to be links to that in the show notes if you guys want to watch that. And before you did that, so you guys did a couple of different, or many different climbs before you went to Summit Poco a poco, right? Oh, sorry. So the, the, the name of the video, it was just called Poco a poco, little by little, but um, the summit was Chimborazo. Uh, the one, the one that I uh, summited. Yeah, I just came in, came up with this creative poco poco title just so I can submit the video to like film festivals. Yeah, so it was Chimborazo, and yeah, ever ever since William and I met, every year we've been doing some kind of international climbing trip. So 2016 started out with a mountaineering 101 in Alaska, which I guess is an international. But following that. 2017, we did a trip to Mexico and we summited Pico de Orozaba, which was at 18,000 feet. Uh, not very technical, but just like a brutal 13-hour climb. And then the following summer, 2018, we flew out to France and we summited Mont Blanc, which is 15,000 feet, so a little bit lower, but it was much more technical. A lot of like ice axe and crampon action. And um, yeah, and the Ecuador was, so we got engaged on Mont Blanc. So we figured for our honeymoon, we had to do something fun and badass, of course. So we decided to go to Ecuador and uh, summit Chimborazo. Yeah, so that was pretty substantial. Yeah. And so before you guys went to summit that, you know, for your honeymoon, were you like, like right before were you kind of like, holy shit, like, I'm going to go do this? Or was it kind of now you're used to it? And so it's not that big of a deal? Well, you always have to train for it, you know, because we've been doing mountaineering trips pretty sporadically every about on average every 12 months, they still need to train for it. I just happened to be training for a half marathon and a full marathon. Uh, right before that. So that really helped out. But yes, I did have a moment where I was just like, William, like, why do we do this to ourselves? Like, it just sounds so (laughs) awful. Because we did a a Colorado trip, right, uh, like a month prior to uh, flying out to Ecuador. And for the Colorado trip, we just drove up to a resort and then hiked a a 14 or another 14 or but uh, I, I just got so altitude sick. And it's probably because we went from sea level of Texas to 14,000 foot mountain within like two days. So we flew out. It was like one of those short weekends. But yeah, I got, uh, I was thrown up and I was just like, why are we doing this? Can we just have a normal honeymoon, please? 
<laughs> but uh, when we got to Ecuador, like our guide was so great and he really prepared us for success. So we really slowly acclimated and not like the my Colorado trip where just overnight, hey, let's go summit 14,000 feet. <laughs> And so when you decided to get into mountaineering at first, um, did you have any pushback from like friends or family? I think most people just don't know what mountaineering is. And I, I would consider myself still like a beginner mountaineer. So, but right now, now that I, um, well, I haven't announced this yet, but I guess it's a good opportunity to announce um, in 12 months, William and I decided to summit Mount Denali. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. So that's one of the seven summits of the world, meaning that it's the tallest mountain in that continent. So we're getting a little bit pushback with that. Um, people are just like, well, there's a lot of icicles up there and me are like, hey, there's a lot of people that die up there. My parents especially don't really understand this this Ilma thing that I do, like why? Like why do you want to do this? And um like specifically my stepdad, uh words that just keep burning in my head is, oh no, you're not you can't do that. That's what professionals do. Like this is not a mountain for you to go hike. I'm like, no, like I am I am trained and we have a guide, so we're very, very safe. And we don't just show up thinking, oh, this is just some nice, fun hike. <laughs> we're training for it. We, we have the skill set. And then we have a guide to kind of help us out with anything else that we're missing. Hmm. Is that kind of how you deal with kind of that pushback from family is to kind of bring out the facts of, look, I, I'm not, an, you know, an amateur anymore. Like I am more used to it and I'm, we're going to have a guide. And does that help to kind of deal with that negative? Yeah, exactly. Or? I think people are just scared of the unknown. And the only thing they know about mountaineering is what you see on the news and the newspaper and maybe like the documentaries, right? But they're not going to make a film about a nice, relaxing mountaineering trip, right? <laughs> right. So. So I think people are just scared of the unknown, but I'm like, hey, like, I'm not going to stop living my life because I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could die on the way to work or, you know, our my profession. I'm in the military. I'm a pilot like that. You just never know. Right, right. It comes with its own potential disasters, right? Yeah. But I explain them, hey, I'm not going by myself. I'm going with a professional, a guide. They have certifications. Uh, and just like anything else in life, or I like to compare it with flying, you assess your risk. So that day when you wake up, you look at the quality of the snow, what's going on with the snow, let's look at the weather, let's look at the cloud coverage, what about icing, freezing levels. So, you know, you assess your snow quality, you take a look at the crevasses, and um, you determine, hey, maybe today we're not going to actually climb or we're not going to summit. Maybe we'll just stay at base camp. I mean, professionals tend to risk it like Mount Everest and Matterhorn and the K2 just because they're sitting there for months waiting for an opening to summit. Right. But it's all still calculated risk, it seems like, even then. Exactly. Yeah. What would you say has been your biggest challenge in just even getting into mountaineering? Biggest challenge has been for us mainly um, the fact that I'm in the military. You know, I have a full-time job mm. and I feel like that's a challenge for anybody and anybody that has a hobby uh, similar to that is, you know, the last four assignments I have been at was Del Rio, Texas, followed by Altus, Oklahoma, followed by Tampa, Florida, and now back to San Antonio, Texas. A lot of flat places. Yeah, a lot yeah. of flat places. Very <laughs> hot and flat. So people look at me like I'm crazy. Oh, you're into mountaineering. Okay. So I guess it'd been, it would have been very easy just to say, oh, screw it. I'll save it 
for when I retire or when I uh, move to move back to Colorado. But um, something that I live by is if not now, then when, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm still healthy, I'm still young, like let's do it. So we always made a goal once a year to make that one big trip. So I always save all my vacation days. And then usually following like a, a deployment, uh, I'll treat myself to a nice climbing adventure trip. I think that's a really good idea. And then it's something that like you and Will, your husband do together. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice to like look forward to something, you know, because then like, what's the point of life if you don't have something to look, look forward to? And then you're just like, eh, well, what's the point? So now I have this goal all year. I'm just thinking about, about being in the best shape of my life. Like, okay, I'm training for this. Are there any things that you can do to train for it when you're in a flat area? Like you talked about, like you train for like marathons. Does that help to like get the running in? Yeah. So I guess my advice would be for training. If you're an endurance athlete and you already get your miles in, whether it's running, cycling, or swimming, then you're set. Then uh, maybe focus on like doing sprints or like CrossFit. So we've been doing a lot of CrossFit because it's just very intense and you just do like a 30 minute wad workout of the day um, and you really gets your heart pumping. And it also becomes like a mental aspect of it, like trying to push through the pain. Gotcha. When I go to the gym and I'm doing a wad, a CrossFit wad, I always, whenever I I go in a dark, dark place where I'm like, oh, I just want to quit now, I keep thinking, hey, imagine yourself right before the summit. Like, are you going to quit now? Like, no, you got to push through. Uh, And some other things that you can do is strength. Um, So you're going to be doing a lot of leg, leg work, climbing up a mountain, you know, your calves, your shins, your butt, quads, all that you're going to be using. Plus, you're going to have a, a ruck or a bag. And for Denali, in that case, we're going to have like a 50-pound bag. Oh, wow. And also a sled behind us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <crazy>. So <laughs> I've been trying to run. Yeah. So I've been trying to run with the best to kind of simulate that. Obviously, I'm not going to be running on the mountain, but uh, just preparing. So, yeah. And then as we get closer, we're going to make a few trips to Colorado do some 14ers. And then as we get like super close, maybe a month prior to Denali, we're going to rent a sleeping altitude chamber. Um, So it's like a little tent that you put over your bed and you hook it up to this machine and it does its magic, but it's supposed to simulate like, I don't know, 14,000 feet. Sleeping at 14,000 feet might really help us prepare for it. That's smart. So we talked about your big adventure coming up really with Denali, which is exciting. Are you going to be filming when you go up to Denali? Yep. So I've been filming an episode every week, just kind of talking about different topics or how we're preparing for it. Yeah, I'll be filming during it. So my, I don't know if you've seen the movie Meru, uh, but Jimmy Chin, he's like an adventure documentary filmmaker. Uh huh. So so yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be filming it, and hopefully I can uh, push out a few videos after the trip and share my experience. Yeah, that would be awesome. And have you like always wanted to kind of combine that that love of film with or love of making film with um with climbing or really with adventure? Exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, nature is just so beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people don't get to experience it, so I really try to share that and share the experience. 
And also with film, you know, you're telling a story and you're empowering people. So the way I hope to use film is to, you know, empower young folks or anybody to go out there and follow their dreams uh, and stop making excuses, you know, and like, hey, if you're interested in a weird hobby like mountaineering, don't don't shy away from it. Don't get intimidated. Like learn about it. Take the first step. Yeah. And do you think that you have any like specific habits that have helped you to either stick with mountaineering or maybe more to get to the summit when you're on a climb? Ooh, habits. I would say mental toughness. Okay. It's, it's a grind. You know, you get to a really difficult spot and you're just like, I want to quit. I can't do this. I hate this. Like, why did I sign up for it? Uh, but what has really helped me with it is running marathons. So I've completed 12 marathons Nice. and you're always around mile 20, you hit a wall and you're just like, why am I, why? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I've only run one for me. It was like mile 18 and I was like, what am I doing this? What was I thinking? But yeah, they just have to kind of push through. Yeah. Yes. I I just dig deep, dig deep. Don't think about anything. And and it's really embarrassing. But the one thing that always goes through my head is uh, finding Nemo song. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. (laughs) And I'm just like, hey, just put one foot in front of the other. Don't even look up. Don't even watch where the summit is. Just one foot in front of the other. So that's what gets me through. Just keep moving. To push through to get to the summit. I love it. That's awesome. And so what do you think that you would have missed out on had you not gotten into mountaineering? Uh, Mountaineering has really helped me get perspective on life. Um, You know, you're just so busy with work and life will get in the way. So with mountaineering, it's almost like a timeout. You forget about all your worries, all the drama at home, and you're, it's just you and the mountain. And it also has helped me build confidence, honestly, hmm. you know, cause it's very intimidating to go up there. Little, little Ilma, you know, like who, who the hell am I here trying to summit this mountain? So it has really helped me with confidence. You know, I realized that, hey, if I just train and if I know my stuff, well, I'll get to the top. So it's a very male dominant hobby. So it is very intimidating, but it, it, it has helped me with my confidence. Actually, what's really interesting is that right now, as I'm shopping for Denali gear, I cannot find female mountaineering like Everest boots. Like really? all the sizes are very big. So that'll be interesting. All the petite sizes are sold out. And yeah, just all the mountaineering gear is very like dark shades of whatever colors. And I'm like, where's the fun stuff? Where's the cute pink purple stuff? (laughs) (laughs) What advice do you have for listeners who are interested in getting into mountaineering? Uh, So, you know, even if you're stuck in Texas like me, Surprisingly, there's actually a lot of Facebook groups, uh, outdoor Facebook groups that you could join. I think there's even a climbing group here in Texas. So if you want to get into outdoors or mountaineering, you know, find an outdoor group, maybe find a mountaineering group, go to your local outdoor store, REI, and they might have um, events or classes even. So just reach out to those communities. And as soon as you get your foot in, you'll meet somebody that will be able to, I don't know, bring you outside and teach you the skills. And definitely uh, financially, if able, definitely invest in taking mountaineering 101 class if you can. Um, There's definitely just one or two day courses and you can knock it out just in a few days and gain those skills. 
I think that's great advice. Elma, where, where can people find you online? I'm on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, all of it. But if you'd like to see some of my videos, you can find me on YouTube. It's just called Ilma, I-L-M-A. That's where I'll be posting my updates to the Denali trip. Fingers crossed everything goes well and that COVID doesn't wipe it out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I'll make sure to um, post all your links in the show notes so um, listeners can follow you and kind of see where your next adventure leads you and, and how things go on Denali. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Ilma. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So I have to say it was really fun to interview Ilma and learn more about how she got into mountaineering. I think a lot of women are interested in getting into, you know, outdoor adventure or, you know, some sort of outdoor hobby that gets you way out in the middle of the wilderness, maybe like mountaineering, or even just like hiking, you know, day hiking or overnight hiking. But as, you know, Ilma mentioned, if you're not part of a group who already does that, it can sometimes be difficult to find a group that's interested in getting into that kind of stuff with you. And as a woman, it can be scary to kind of go out and try to do that stuff by yourself a lot of the time. Personally, I have definitely missed out on opportunities because, uh, you know, I've been too scared to go mountain biking when my husband's not around, um, you know, like taking it somewhere to a park or somewhere like that and going mountain biking because I don't necessarily want to do it by myself. And that's why I think... One of the points that Ilma makes, one of the suggestions that she makes actually, is to find a group of people that you can go and do that with, right? And that way you, you are actually pursuing those things. Don't wait for your current group of friends to discover that same passion. I mean, sure, you can invite your current friends to go try something like that. But if none of them are interested, you know, don't hold yourself back from going out and trying those things. You know, find other friends who might be interested in doing, you know, outdoor adventures or mountaineering or, you know, hiking or mountain biking, whatever it is that your heart desires. Go and find a group of people. Go online. I'm actually going to drop some links in the show notes so that you can see if there's any local groups near you. And if you can't find any groups who are doing the thing that you want to get into, you might consider starting your own group on a website like meetup.com. You know, downside is that you are then potentially meeting up with strangers, maybe in a place that's not public. So maybe consider making that first meeting in a public space so that you can have like a group to get together, you know, in a coffee shop or somewhere like that. You know, obviously once coronavirus is over, because nobody's getting together right now. Um, but once, you know, all of that has passed, consider starting your own group if you have to, if there are no groups in that activity that you want to pursue. So definitely, you know, don't hold yourself back. Go for the things that you're really interested in and don't miss out on those things just because your current friends aren't necessarily interested in those outdoor activities. All right. I think that's all I have for this week, guys. Join me next week when I will be interviewing my friend Fita Dahana Ellis, and it'll be a little bit different show. Fita and I were in the employment services industry together for several years, and then she has now switched to the recruiting side of the house. She has a lot of really great information from both sides of the house of finding a position and then information from the recruiting side as well. So we kind of talk a little bit about that and about what it looks like building a career in today's environment, especially for women professionals. So I hope that you guys will join me next week for that. And until then, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own Go Find Out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at gfopodcast or follow me on Instagram at gofindoutpodcast. That's it for today. 
Now go find out.